I'm gonna try this thing. This is gonna be new. Hold on a second. Whoa. What? What, what, the, what the hell? <laughs> I'm try you just I'm gonna... pop out of existence, <laughs> Alex. Alex, come back. <laughs> I mean, this is something that everyone else in the entertainment industry has known for hundreds of years. But uh, this is gonna make it much easier for me to align the tracks later because oh. there'll be a really loud clap. <laughs> Was that like your your marker? Yeah. That's awesome. Did you have a clipboard or something? Do you have like a marker? Like I'm. I, I mean, I just used my hands, but I wrote clapboard on them. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, meat suits and meat dresses. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are the good podcast about bad books, movies, and television. This is episode number 83. We have now done as many episodes as the model number of the most famous graphing calculator ever, coming between TIA and Plus. <laughs> Speaking of things that kids might find entertaining, but I wouldn't voluntarily pick up on my own, today we are talking about City of Bones by Cassandra Clare. You can read along with us by going to audiblepodcast.com slash weep. Sign up for a free trial of Audible's Book a Month Club, and you can download this book for free, or a good one. And uh, you, can, you can do that and keep the free book even if you cancel your trial subscription. If you want to suggest a topic for us to read or watch, go to read-weep.com slash suggest... And you can also vote on other people's suggestions and find new and exciting ways to torture us. I'm the host of the show. My name is Alex Falcone. I have a very special panel with me today. First up, he's a tall, hot, blonde shadow hunter, which means he probably isn't scared of his own shadow because he could murder it in Northern California. It's Ezra. I know we just met, but I'd really love to rub my long, hard stelly all over you. (laughs) Isn't that a knife? No, well... Is, is it? it? <laughs> wow, okay. I, I did not know it was a sexual instrument. That's what I did not know. All I know is it's as thick around as my index finger and tapering to a point. <laughs> and it's luminous. Just like yours, yours is luminous. <laughs> a luminous cylinder tapering to the point, yes. <laughs> Hot. Yeah. Also, as always, he's here with us. He's a wisecracking platonic friend who wants to be so much more to you or to the first hot chick he meets. In Seattle, Washington, it's Chris. This is just like Dungeons and Dragons. Awesome! <laughs> I don't know why Clarissa hasn't fallen for you before. <laughs> I'm a catch. <laughs> also, we have a very special guest with us today. Uh, he's just your averagely unimpressive female protagonist. Maybe smart, maybe funny, maybe strong, but surely never of these in front of the reader. In New- From New York, let's welcome Dan McCoy to the program. Hey, I'm I'm less interested in worrying about what happened to my mom than in getting into a really boring love triangle. <laughs> <laughs> Which you could just add your mom and make it a boring love square. Uh, creepy. Yeah. Well, she doesn't have to be one of the points that touches you. Okay. <laughs> still creepy. Adja- adjacent. Yeah. Just Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Adjacent. Yeah, I think it's still still too close. You're right. That was creepy. Also, Dan is the co-host of our rival and producer of our rival podcast, The Flop House. They've been copying our show since a year before we started. <laughs> but we have fewer episodes than you. <laughs> How's that for laziness? <laughs> well, or for you having real jobs. Yeah. Your show is a lot like our show if we didn't do books, if it was only movies, and we actually knew something about movies, and we had a writer from The Daily Show on it. Oh, man. If I didn't have that 
sort of famous teat to suckle on. Uh, <laughs> gets you fewer listeners than you might think, though. I mean, people aren't looking up who the writers of The Daily Show are and then going to seek out podcasts that have one of them on it. <laughs> <laughs> While this may be true, it does end, it lend a, an incredible amount of credibility to it. Yeah, cachet. Uh, that's, what we, that's what we have him around for. That is his high-pitched voice. <laughs> Good job for having different voices also. Yeah, Yeah, we all hover right around here. (laughs) So now uh, it's time for us to summarize this book. Chris, that's uh, obviously your job. You're a resident summarizer for your freakish recall and lightning fast wit. Yes. Rapier wit, one might even say. It's a little rapier than usual. (laughs) Okay, Uh, uh, anyway... So, Chris, I would like you to summarize in the style of a mundane or a shadow hunter or a down. I don't, I don't give a fuck about this book. <laughs> Do whatever you want. Just make it end, Chris. Make it end. <laughs> Alex, you want to put uh, maybe 20 seconds on the clock? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I really want you to do a long explanation of this one because I don't remember. <laughs> I'm okay with 20 seconds. Go. All right. So, do you remember Twilight? <laughs> You remember Percy Jackson and the Olympians? You remember Harry Potter? Remember X-Men? This is basically that. Okay. Clary, which is short for Clarissa, is a human girl, we think, who is just like Bella Swan, only a little less depressed, is shorter, has red hair, and wears sketchers. Done. Mm-hmm. All right. She meets Jace, who's like Edward, only he's not a vampire. He's a shadow hunter, which means he kills demons, and he has kind of phallic tools that he used to kill them. Otherwise, you know, she gets sucked up into a world of the paranormal and people who kill things for a living, and she falls in love with them, but it's yet to be requited. Specifically, they kill demons, right? Yeah, they kill demons and, like, think of them as the the men in black of the paranormal activity agency, right? They don't kill all demons, just the ones that misbehave. Here's what I find so confusing about this. Like, at least if it was a vampire book, you'd be like, all right, vampires vampires are real. We'll talk about vampires. This yep. is like, no, everything is real. Except for mummies. <laughs> Except for mummies. Fuck mummies. <laughs> Except for mummies. That's a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> but zombies, yes. Werewolves, yes. Vampires, yes. Pixies, yes. Demons, yes. Angels, maybe. I'm so thoroughly lost when it, when the, in the yeah. magic portions of this. Oh yeah, that's that's all of it, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was I was pretty clear on what was happening at the underage club and at the coffee shop poetry reading. People trying to get laid. Yeah, <laughs> those seemed very familiar to me. That's what happens at those things. That's not. They were familiar, other than uh, teenagers voluntarily going to a poetry slam. <laughs> <laughs> that was new. Yeah. I got the magic in me. Every time I touch that track, it turns into gold. Everybody knows I got the magic in me. <laughs> All right, so before we before we're too uh, insulting the book, we do like we always do. We like to have a compliment sandwich. We begin and end with a compliment, makes it feel like fair and legitimate criticism. Dan, as the guest, you have the right to go first or last in the opening compliment. What do you prefer? Uh, I'll go first because I feel like mine's probably going to be the weakest and most self-serving. <laughs> <laughs> Compliment one. I am awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to call that bet, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great if I did say I'm awesome. Then I dropped my laptop and walked off stage. <laughs> <laughs> <Ooh>. um, 
No, my compliment is uh, I liked that this was a supernatural story that took place, uh, I believe, in Brooklyn. As yeah. a uh, yeah. as a Brooklynite, I enjoyed. Finally, um, someone took the time to make some fiction about Brooklyn. Yeah, sure. <laughs> well, I mean, someone who's not uh, Jonathan Latham or uh, oh, or some. Book. Yeah. Or I every mean, movie ever made. No, 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 Dan's right. It's time Brooklyn got on the map. We don't have a lot of uh, supernatural uh, books about us. At least there's that. Although one of the gargoyles on the cartoon show Gargoyles was named Brooklyn. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Brooklyn Decker is in a popular film right now. Correct. So do with that as you will. Look, I mean... as as big as Brooklyn is, as as large as it looms, we still have a uh, an inferiority complex simply based on the inability to get anyone who lives in Manhattan to come out to see us on the weekends. <laughs> <laughs> I had no idea. I, f- I feel bad for mocking you now. It was such, yeah. That was such a touching moment. It's true. Well, uh, I'm going to go second for the compliment then. Uh, oh, no. Ezra, did you I'm want really, to go? I'm, well, I'm just really worried about mine. All right. I'll, I, I will... <laughs> I will defer to you since you think yours is going to be stolen. Okay. This is for a really great pseudonym that I'm going to have to use now. <laughs> no? No one? Not mine. All right. Great. Um, Baron Hotshaft von Hugenstein. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I order a pizza, that will be what I put down as my name. <laughs> and you, you, no more Jack Mihoff. You've gone, no, you're going all the way now. <laughs> I have a large pepperoni and sausage for Baron Hotshaft von Hugenstein. <laughs> Extra sausage. Yeah, of course he ordered something with sausage on it. Great, I'm so glad no one else was gunning for that. <laughs> All right, Chris, I, I want to be last now since I didn't get to go second. What, what's your major compliment? Okay, my compliment is just uh, a, a word that comes up in this book a lot. It's Mundi. It's the term for humans. It, it's short for mundane because they had to make a shortening that's not short for – it doesn't shorten at all. But the best part about it is that you think that everybody uh, who is a demon hunter really hates Mondays. Like, yeah. Ah, <laughs> Every time they mentioned that, I was like, oh, it sounds like someone's got a case of the Mondays. Mm. Totally. I thought it was like maybe against like underwear fetishists, people who were like, mmm, undies. <laughs> wow, you, yours was creepier than mine. You're right. <laughs> I try. Thank you. All right. So for, for my major compliment, there's uh, this thing called glamour, mm. which is probably from lore somewhere that I've never heard of before. But behind the world that we see, there's this other world, hidden from our mortal eyes. For example, what looks like a normal car to us is actually a fancy horse-drawn carriage when a shadow hunter looks at it. So here's what I'm hoping, that in the real world, everything is actually an older version of itself. So when she, as the newfound shadow hunter, goes into a Kinko's, instead of the bleach blonde kid with an earring pressing the green button on the copy machine, there's actually an old wizard working furiously with movable type. <laughs> She takes a ride on a on a cross ocean voyage, and there's just there rowers in the bottom, in the engine yeah. room. But they're magical, and they enjoy being whipped. So, <laughs> Alex, are you suggesting that my Netflix DVDs are actually laser discs? <laughs> my God, I think what what the glamour is doing is it's predicting current technologies that the wizards haven't gotten around to being excited about yet. They're still st- still so stoked about these horses that can climb over cabs. They never yeah. thought that maybe they could enchant a cab to climb over cabs and it would be more comfortable. <laughs> yeah, wizards aren't early adopters. They're not. 
compliments done, it is time for our more natural segment. This is our game that we call Hate Canasta. I'm not sure the rules, but I know it's got 52 cards and hate. All right. So. I love that you call it Hate Canasta, because if there's one thing that people who listen to podcasts love, it's Canasta. <laughs> I finally found something I can get them excited about. Well, I, I change the name of the hate game every every week to a different game. and uh, Hate Pinochle. I'm running on empty. All right. Hate Baccarat was over a long time ago, so we had to push on. <laughs> Anyway, so now uh, in any order, it doesn't matter, about just things that you disliked about the book, and I'm sure there are plenty of them. Uh, like, for example, I hate any book that has a character named Clarissa who's too stupid to explain it all to me. <laughs> Sick burn. <laughs> I gotta hate on just, um, the author clearly gives up trying to describe things. So um, <laughs> at, at one point, Tabasco sauce gets spilled on the floor. And I don't know about you guys, but the thing I know about Tabasco is that it's a liquid and it's made out of red peppers. Yeah. <laughs> How does she describe it? A peppery red liquid. (laughs) She had two other great descriptions that I loved. There was one where she said, eyes the color of golden syrup. So, uh, gold, presumably. (laughs) And hair the color of black ink. So black, probably. (laughs) Probably black. I kind of wish she just, like, said, like, hair the color of black hair. (laughs) (laughs) She's one. By the sequel, I'm sure she's doing that. (laughs) She's also never met an adjective that she couldn't uh, enhance with another adjective that means exactly the same thing. <laughs> if I like one, why wouldn't two be better? She, she is, she is if nothing if not a, uh, a stuttering thesaurus. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, I've got I've to hate. Yeah, um, go for it. And that is, this is a young adult book. How dare you quote Virgil to me in Latin to start a chapter? <laughs> Chris, of course, is the only one who understood the Latin. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, let's, we're let's not upset understand. that she quoted Virgil. You were upset that it was in the original Latin. You know, at least give me a footnote. <laughs> I was worried when the book began with a quote. I was like, I am not following this at all. <laughs> <laughs> the, I don't know why the Latin bothered you so much, because I was like, oh, good. I don't even have to try to remember this section. <laughs> twelve words down. Yeah, <laughs> that was the easiest twelve words of the book. I'm not even going to think about it. Uh, here's something I hated. I hated that she's so bad at humor. Oh, God. I was going to say the same thing. Yeah. Well, of course, because you are a professional humor uh, creator. Semi-professional. Sure. Okay. Uh, I mean, I, during the day, I spend most of my time underneath some stairs filing, but I do get paid uh, for the occasional comedy. Yeah. Wait, do, you, do you live in the Dursley's house? <laughs> <laughs> I have been waiting for Hagrid to show up for so fucking long. <laughs> That giant, I don't know whether he's lost my address. I don't know whether, you know, if there was some sort of mess up at the post office, but he's not come to whisk me away to a magical world. Off the air, drop me your address, and I'm going to mail you a hundred green letters. (laughs) Bye, Al. Well, anyway, so I was going to say, so because you're a a person who dabbles in humor, maybe you're Mm semi-pro, you're still allowed to compete in the humor Olympics, but here's what I mean. Because you appreciate humor, even, you hate when she says things like, the guy was talking to the cat. What could they be talking about? Politics? Opera? The high price of tuna? da 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 That at least has the form of a joke. There's like a thing early on where Simon and Clary are passing the fortune teller downstairs, mm-hmm. and uh, Simon says something like, good thing that some people are doing okay in this economy. <laughs> and, 
And then he's mad because he's like, what's the matter? You usually love my sarcastic wit. That's not a joke. That's not, I don't know what you're being sarcastic about. I don't understand what the implication is. It's not wit. Yeah. And you have to, she names wit. Whenever like someone's supposed to be funny, she points it out, which only makes you angrier when it's not a joke. When they're driving in the magical horse-drawn carriage, and they drive over a cab, and the cab driver doesn't look up because they're invisible, she goes, I thought cabbies didn't pay attention when they were driving, but this is ridiculous. (laughs) (laughs) What's the deal with cab drivers? Clary, you got some splaining to do. (laughs) I uh, didn't like the names in this. I, I felt like they were the names of someone trying to write parody fantasy fiction. <laughs> I mean, like, there's li- li- there's literally people called Hodge Starkweather and... Uh, Isabel and Alex Lightwood. Yeah. Magnus Bane. I mean... I kind of like Magnus Bane. That does Well, especially good. since he's a glitter-covered gay stereotype of a wizard. <laughs> okay. I mean... I'll take that one. It's like she's just tossing out the first thing that comes to her head. She's like, Willow Tallow Candle. <laughs> Edward Longfinger. These are, these are all gold. I, yeah, or just like, you know, Julius Blunderbuss. <laughs> Blunderbuss sounds fun, too. Blunderbuss would be the old, like, he'd be an old bearded man with a pipe who'd you'd, you'd need advice at some point. Like, Go down to the road. Oh, that blunderbuss. Always giving me fruitcake. Always telling me to go down to the road. (laughs) He must own stock on that road. Spoiler alert, uh, blunderbuss is going to die at the end of the second act. Oh, no. (laughs) Sorry, guys. You know, Chekhov said that if you introduce a blunderbuss in the first act, (laughs) he has to get shot in the last act. Other hates, other things, more things. Um, Did you guys see uh, uh, Elizabeth Gilbert's cameo as the Ravener? (laughs) <laughs> no Say more about that well no it's, i mean it was clearly based on elizabeth gilbert of, of e pray love fame um she's like she comes in you know this little like demon monster and uh sees the um sees clary and all of her lines are just to eat to eat but it is not allowed to swallow to save her to eat <laughs> oh to eat it's just hungry that's all I want. She just I, wants some food. I remember that part where Elizabeth Gilbert was in Italy and she was like, I just want to suck the bone marrow out of this person I see. <laughs> I mean, I don't like it when authors think it's it's uh, scary to make a villain speak in broken English. <laughs> yeah. Like, either make them completely unknowable and not talk or have them talk very eloquently. But uh, yeah. Otherwise it comes off a little racist, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of what race did you picture the Ravener demon being, Chris? Well, he just, he you know, he just stepped off the boat. He's not good at conjugating. So he just, you know, to eat, to eat. So, his only skill is ravening and does not make a lot of money. He just, he, he's, he's hungry for some of his native food, that being bones and marrow. Well, yeah, and, you know, bland female characters. <laughs> Can't take a lot of spice, these Ravener demons. Yeah. Speaking of bland female characters, I want to talk a little bit about how fucking bland this character is. For a girl who's described in the first, like, couple of things she does, everyone's like, oh, well, you never follow directions. She spends the rest of the time listening obediently to people complaining <laughs> things. It yeah, took us my... an hour through the audiobook to figure out what color her hair was. I still didn't catch on that she was a redhead. Uh, yeah, that surprised me when I heard it later on. <laughs> But mild sarcasm is not a complete character. (laughs) And this is true of all of the other characters, too. Everyone's a little sarcastic, and that's all we learn about them. Yeah. yeah, everyone's very petulant. I, you know, I'm a big nerd, so I have I wrote a screenplay once, which was all about people going around killing demons, and I was lucky enough to have it uh, 
I was lucky enough to have it read by some semi-professional actors uh, to a half-full auditorium of people. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and all Wait, of my... Like, sub- that's, that's like professional actors and a quarter-full auditorium. <laughs> which yeah. is pretty damn good. That yeah. Great. Would that be have been the same as having high school actors read it to the entire cable audience? <laughs> just in terms of prestige? Yeah, like, yeah I think just, that's, that works out the same way. I what think is, I would rather have high school actors read it to... A, like, that's the fame whore in me. Like, I, <laughs> I don't what care are, how well done. I, I'd rather have Ravener demons read this screenplay to everyone in the world. <laughs> They're Ravener What actors. if you had sperm read it to the universe? <laughs> works out about I the same, right? I like you're, how, for some reason, just worse than Ravener demons is just it's sperm in your mouth. Right. Right. It would be, everything comes back. Human, if there's all. anything unlikable in the world, it's petulant sperm. <laughs> I cannot get behind these characters, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> these sperm will just, they will not work with me. And I like the implication that the whole universe would sit down and attentively listen to an amateur screenplay read by sperm. <laughs> I want to live in a world where that can happen. <laughs> I mean, I'd tune in for the first few minutes, but I feel like you would get pretty one note after that. <laughs> they don't have a lot of dynamic range. It's just a lot of tail wiggling. <laughs> Looking for eggs. That's that's about all they can accomplish. Well, you know, but then things pick up when Blunderbuss sperm dies in the second act. (laughs) Finally, some motivation. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so it's uh, it's time for our next segment. This game is called Pitch the Publisher. As we've uh, as we've covered, this is very similar to a lot of other young adult books that we've read. So uh, obviously, publishers are sitting around going, "What else can we sell to these dumb kids right now?" Uh, we've covered vampires and werewolves and Greek gods and demons and wizards pretty thoroughly. So uh, at this point, guys, what magical beings have we not covered that we would like to see a book series about? Mm-hmm. For starters, I would like to see a book series about leprechauns. Oh, you, oh, I was just going to say leprechauns. They could get drunk all the time and throw gold at each other. Except in my book, they're tall, hot, and blonde. Oh. Tall, hot, blonde leprechauns. Yeah, yeah. Still guys, though. Yeah, Still. I mean, because the, the yeah, yeah, books are bought by women, so they want... The main character will be a human girl who falls in love with a tall, hot, blonde leprechaun. <laughs> but there has to be something keeping them from, like, having sex right away. So maybe he, like, forfeits his gold? His penis yeah, is at the end of a rainbow? He doesn't yes. want to admit that he has a pie. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Let's go find it. <laughs> no matter how far she drives, she's like, I see it, it's right over there. Oh, and then it disappears when she gets to it. Oh, the great musical hit of the 60s, the rainbow erection. <laughs> Someday we'll go find, find it. it. <laughs> the rainbow erection. <laughs> You could have a. How about a sexy chupacabra? <laughs> like a. A tall, be, hot, blonde chupacabra? Sure. A, a love triangle between a girl, a chupacabra, and a goat. <laughs> <laughs> or no, maybe it's just the book is about a, a, a goat who falls in love with a chupacabra. <laughs> a vegetarian chupacabra. This is perfect. Yeah. And he has a hard time touching her because of his, like, six inch long, razor sharp claws. <laughs> Guys, the, wait, wait, hold on. The Jersey Shore's big right now. What about a Jersey Devil themed uh, <laughs> oh, the, teen but, romance? Oh, you mean the hockey team, or the do you mean like? <laughs> yeah, I mean the hockey team. I mean the girl <laughs> who falls in love with the hockey team. <laughs> wait, no, wait. I'm thinking about porn again. I'm thinking about porn again. Canadian porn. Sorry. She can't cuddle with him because they're his razor sharp shoes. <laughs> <laughs> 
here's here's another game I want to play. I want to play a game called Get Me Out of Purgatory. Here's how this works. We frequently play a game called One Change, right, where we take a work and we try to think of the one thing that would make it better, like adding dinosaurs or having the main character speak Cthulhu. <laughs> now, uh, <laughs> recently we've started playing a game called Race to the Bottom where you uh, – it's like one change, but one change to make it way worse. Here's where we are, though. This book is really hard for me. It's 100 times better than Twilight and still not a good book. I- I'm glad that I wasn't around for Twilight then because uh... – the best moment I had with this book was when uh, Ezra told me that I should use the two times speed <laughs> function <laughs> to make the audio go, book go twice as fast. And I thought, oh, yeah. wow, this is good for something other than accidentally hitting it. <laughs> why, why everything sounds weird all of a sudden. Has a purpose. Yeah, well, yeah. so what I want is I want from you guys, you can either play one change or race to the bottom. You have your, It's your choice. I, any recommendation that can either make this bad enough to be hilarious or good enough to be readable. Okay, would... I got it. Yeah, go for it. Um, I can't tell whether or not this is uh, one change to make it better or one change to make it far, far worse. <laughs> but I would like to inject every character with a healthy dose of old-timey racism. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my one change, I think. Uh, Clary will be replaced by a pudding cup. <laughs> so much better <laughs> way better she looks delicious I mean it won't make the book more interesting but you'll be eating pudding the whole yeah, time exactly. there's way pudding in every scene can I just replace the whole book with a large pudding cup <laughs> the, the book is yeah. now printed on the side of a pudding cup oh, you yeah. don't have to read it the book just <laughs> reminds you of pudding and then you go and you eat some pudding and you're like oh this is pretty good should buy some more pudding yeah well cause like a picture's worth a thousand words but like a pudding cup is worth pretty much a shitty book <laughs> Is worth 200 pages. Yeah, exactly. Enough. That's the exchange rate. (laughs) (laughs) This is back to our pitching the publisher. Maybe maybe the book you want is about the magical pudding cup. And then it's just like Twilight, right? Because he wants to eat her. You secretly want to eat the pudding cup, but you also want to love it. Yeah. And then, of course, branded, you know, corporate like sponsorship with, yeah. with Snack Pack. You say just like life, Dan. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. That's that's how my life is. I love this pudding cup, but I would also like to have intercourse with it. What? <laughs> What's weird about that? <laughs> no, I'm, I am right there with you, Dan. <laughs> that's, Every day. Uh... <laughs> That's American realism, what that is. <laughs> I would, uh, I think my idea to make it worse would be just to have a bunch of uh, centaurs screwing in every scene. Because I every I feel like this, this book is so close to fanfic already that that would just tip it over the edge. Welcome to the Institute. It's full of centaurs just fucking. <laughs> it's basically an institute to study centaurs. <laughs> About the centaur fucking, though, I think I know why they would study it. Because, like, if they're half horse and half person, is it bestiality or not? You know? Because you end up uh, with one full person and one full horse. I think Aristotle asked that question first. <laughs> I think his conclusion was, it's wrong, but it's oh so right. Yeah. <laughs> Just the way he described walking into the Institute, I picture these, like, old sci- old German scientists with their... Uh, Big white lab coats and magnifying glasses. <laughs> Huge rubber gloves. <laughs> Big magnifying glasses looking over. They're like, ah, I see that when these centaurs are fucking, uh, they seem to be having the sex. And then just... <laughs> they, they're mm, annoying yes. themselves, all right? <laughs> I feel good about that. Yeah, um, I'm glad any segment that ends in horse fucking. <laughs> 
<laughs> Institute of Centaur Fucking. My dad would approve of that. Great. Well, it's good because his tax dollars are already paying for it. <laughs> <laughs> Most people are curious and want to get dirt on. The centaur and famous to walk around with no shirt on. The easiest way would be for you to lie face down. I'm a man, but I'm built like a horse from the waist down. People are afraid of me, but act like they love me. This ad was required, but not approved by Audible. Meanwhile, on the phone with Comcast customer service. Okay, let me confirm. You want a new router sent to this address, 287 Packer Avenue. That's P is in pain, A is in apathy, C is in crushing, K is in kill myself. E as in every day it's the same horrible trite nonsense and nothing ever changes, just a bunch of people bumping into each other genital first, nobody listens, nobody tries to understand anybody else, and R as in Romeo. Uh, yeah, that's, I, I guess that's technically right. But, it sounds like there's a complaint coming. There's always a complaint coming. No, 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 that was fine. You you did just, it, you got it absolutely right. Are, are you okay? You, you sound like you're having a rough day. Of course I'm having a rough day. I'm here on this earth. Um, well, you know what? My, my roommate's a trained counselor. Do you do you maybe want to... Do you need someone to talk to? I don't know. Oh, no, it's okay. I'll, I'll put him on. Just... It, it, it won't it won't hurt anything to try. So, uh, here, hold on just one second. Hello? It's not your fault. What? It's not your fault. I know. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm so sorry. It's okay, I understand. My job is super depressing too. But then I listened to the audiobook on Holidays on Ice by David Sedaris. He worked a crappy job as an elf at the mall during Christmas. But he has a great sense of humor about it. Made me feel much better. But I work in customer service. I can't afford fancy audiobooks. That's where you're wrong. If you go to audiblepodcast.com slash weep, you can get this or any other audiobook for free. Just sign up for a trial membership and you can keep your free book, even if you cancel your subscription before it charges you anything. That sounds great, but I also can't afford an iPod. Or a computer. Or to feed my kids. Or to pay to remove my infected gallbladder. Oh. Can, can I put you on hold? Audiblepodcast.com slash read it and weep. Your gallbladder stores your bile. Alright, uh, it's time for the second half of our compliment sandwich. This is the minor compliment. We're going to go in reverse order of the way we began, and everybody's going to say the last nice thing you have to say about the first half of this book. Did we mention before that we only listened to the first half? No, we didn't. Yeah, this is part one of two. Uh, Fuck us. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. So stay tuned for the exciting conclusion. <laughs> it's going to be good. I, I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, for my minor compliment, uh, I'm so shocked that this has not come up yet. And did not get burned in the other compliments, so it was a. I'm 
glad this risk paid off. The cat navigation system. <laughs> cat PS. Cat PS, yeah. <laughs> GP cat. So, uh, uh, so in the institute for whatever this institute studies, but in this, it's this large building, and the only way you can tell how to get around because it's so confusing and anyway so you tell a cat you're like i would like to go see gerald brickenstein and then uh the cat just walks off towards wherever gerald is he just knows where gerald is in the building and he'll take you there which is brilliant because not only does he help you navigate the crazy hallways but he also takes you to the person you're looking for except sometimes when he takes you to the kitchen because he wants snacks <laughs> this is a double compliment one because i love the global positioning cat system and also I love, love a snacks. GPS that has some self-interest. <laughs> <laughs> like you're like, uh, telephone, please take me to this party I'm going to, and the phone is like, sure, no problem. I might stop off somewhere and get myself some new batteries because that's what it's interested in. <laughs> Phones be shopping for batteries, am I right, fellas? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Going backwards, who's next for a compliment? Oh, uh, that's me, Chris. Um, so, yeah, I just want to comment uh, a little bit of background fiction. I mean, uh, we, we saw, you know, some side characters. We saw some stuff. And at one point, Cassandra Clay makes up this band called, uh, what is it, Stepping Razor? That, <laughs> <laughs> that Car- Clary is listening to. And I think that it's like the perfect prototypical emo kind of gothy rock band for somebody to listen to it's like stabbing westward plus a little bit of suicide <laughs> it's steppenwolf plays the songs of nine inch nails <laughs> nails that's close i mean yeah. if they're on a razor scooter <laughs> <laughs> all right ezra what's your minor compliment hmm. what i have written down so far is just like mind rape and <laughs> just like <laughs> just yeah, like but not quite in guys, my experience guys. Guys, don't don't remind him of his mind rape. <laughs> I don't, Ezra. I don't think your humor. You should. I don't think you should trivialize other people who have been actually mind raped. Okay. Well, here, here. So check it out. At one point, Clary says that she's basically been mind raped by Magnus. Oh, Bane. you weren't suggesting that the book mind raped you. This is a. Quote. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Okay. <laughs> basically, yeah. By saying that when Magnus Bane, warlock extraordinaire, put a block in her memory every two years to keep her from uh, noticing some things, that was mind rape, pretty much. And as someone who has recently been mind raped by a book called City of Bones, uh, I don't really <laughs> think it's fair for her to trivialize that. <laughs> yeah, we burned a lot of the things you were going to say in that joke in our earlier guesses as to what your joke was going to be. Well, you basically made the joke happen. So, I mean, I'm not going <laughs> to want you for it. <laughs> Chicken or egg? Yeah, this this joke was a group experience. <laughs> I cite the rest of the podcast for that joke. <laughs> I'm glad we all got to be part of your mind rape. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> nice to have you there. I'm, uh, you know, I'll say something nice about uh, Isabel Lightwood. I kind of enjoy that there's a character in this book that's kind of a flighty. I, I hesitate to say, like, slutty, because, you know, God knows what her actual uh, sexual experience is. But she's uh, she seems like a real temptress uh, who doesn't really care. We can only hope she's slutty. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, well um, Jace is pretty slutty. He's right? Got, yeah. I, well, I sure. Guess I, I mean, but, but they keep trying to sell him to us as charming. Whereas they sell Isabel as, like, this flighty uh, girl who's not to be trusted. and But yet she's one of our, like hero shadow hunters and i think that that's interesting because books like this usually don't have that kind of character in a 
semi-heroic role. So I'll give it credit for that. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good point. Yeah, I like that would. too. I also would like more slutty heroes. Yeah, more yeah. slutty heroes. Yay! <laughs> but like, are are we rooting for her to like save the day and manage to keep her legs crossed, or is it more like you you hope that she saves the day and fucks everybody? No, the latter. The latter, <laughs> for sure. Okay. As soon as he turns back from a rat, absolutely. I, I would enjoy or before. Boom. Uh, <laughs> I would like. Why have I been so? I've been all the gross today. That's how progressive I am. I would like her to kick ass, save the day, have promiscuous sex just for the fun of it, and not be judged by society for those decisions. Why do we have to impose conventional mor- morality on it, guys? Seriously. Yeah. Save sex, though. Save sex. <laughs> yeah. Because she's a shadow hunter and might kill you. Do you guys realize that, like, maybe the condoms are actually just, like, a glamour? Like, actually, it's a bunch of, like, pixies, like, killing sperm one by one? Wow. (sighs) Well, you took it back from me, Ezra. I appreciate that. (laughs) We're like, hey, race to the bottom, Alex. Took back the night. We're passing the torch. (laughs) Um, And if those sperm die, they will never recite Dan's play in front of the universe. (laughs) I'm glad I confided in you guys about that now. (laughs) (laughs) all right that's it for our show thank you so much for listening we will be back at you next week we're going to be reading the second half of this book that's right stay tuned to the thrilling conclusion there's more and in case you thought we hadn't really filled you in adequately on the details of what happened don't expect better next week. Uh, if you have any questions or comments about this episode or future ones or anything else you'd like to talk about, go to read slash contact. Fill out the form. Let us know what you think or are thinking. We would love to hear from you about anything. Dan, obviously, we've mentioned this before. Uh, flophousepodcast.com is the URL for your show. It is a very entertaining program. I'm sure you've heard. You know. You're aware of this. But I have listened to a bunch of it since Ezra put us in touch with you. And you are a... It's a very funny show, so keep up the good work. Thank you. Is there something else you would like to um, plug that way or anything else? Yeah, uh, I have a I have a web series. It's actually a Guild signatory web series. It was one of the first web series uh, to join the Writers Guild as part of their new uh, internet initiatives, and it's called 9 a.m. Meeting, and you can find it at 9, the numeral 9, ammeeting.com. And it's myself and my friend Matt Koff, who's a very funny stand-up comic as well here in New York. And, uh, yeah, and also just listen to the Flophouse podcast. Elliot, who's on it, uh, writes for The Daily Show. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, hey, one one final, this is the longest plug ever. One last thing, uh, Dan. Do you have a pet? You've talked about a cat on the show. Is that your cat? I have, uh, yes, I have a cat, Lulu, who I was worried, actually, you may, you might have heard during this uh, podcast. Oh, she came up, she was standing right next to me, and I thought she was going to meow right into the uh, microphone, but she did not. That would have been great. We have, had a, we have had one guest before whose cat came into the show, and we really enjoyed it. I would have been happy if that had happened. But we also uh, have a tradition of posting pictures of our guests' pets on our Facebook page. Oh, I've got so many pictures of this cat. This cat is the most photographed cat in the world. (laughs) (laughs) I would love it if you would send me a couple of your favorites and we'll put them up. uh, Awesome. Well, it's been really good to have you. Thank you so much for being here. We look forward to talking to you again next week. Thank you. Thank you, as always, uh, Chris and Ezra, for being here. Yeah. Both petless, but both still uh, as lovable as ever. 
Is that is that almost a compliment? I'll take it. <laughs> Better than you usually give us. You have not depreciated. All right. Anyway, that's it. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. I'm assuming centaurs nay when they're fucking. I'm just guessing. <laughs> this is the most confusing outro. <laughs> <laughs>